0: Welcome to Do a Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. So we thank you for how far you brought us. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience. Father, we say next year, let me glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that your grace will be upon our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for, Thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. As we, as we uh, proceed, um, I just want us to uh, please, you know, uh, let us try to, you know, um, register online for for the school of ministry. Let us register online for the school of ministry as we, you know, um, and I believe that God would, God would, God would, God would empower us and grant us grace as we do. Um, Sister Yemi puts it out there, and yeah. So please. Let us try our best to register for school sort of ministry. I'll explain to you as we go on, and why, you know, um, you know, as we look at this, which we call the milestones in priesthood. The milestones in priesthood. Milestones means key, key, key things that is necessary. In your and my journey of priesthood, in yours and my journey of priesthood. You know, the Bible says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10, he said, For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare his praises of him who has called you from darkness into light. So, when the Bible says starts from the point of but you are, what is trying to say that he's calling you and my attention to say that you are a chosen person. You are a, you are called to this part of what is called priesthood a holy nation and God's special possession. And the reason why he has called you is so that you can declare the praises of him that has brought you from darkness into light. As we look at this, it's also important that we understand that this is not a new phenomenon by God. This is not a new idea. In fact, that has been God's secret cry is to create a nation of priests that will connect, that will bring the whole world back to him. God has always, and you always see this, you know, the way God does his things. He starts, he has always been his pattern. He starts from one angle and it eventually, if that process does well, it would it will affect the whole area. An example is the sun. The sun will start from the east. And it will rise up. People say, "No, why is it that God will only choose certain people? That has been his this matter. <laughs> Everything you see, it starts from somewhere. And as it grows on, it affects the whole environment. So, you know, you what you are saying, or what we are saying at all is that you know, why, why can you not change this? Is pattern. It's because that he, it's not like it cannot change, but he chose to be that way. And there are so many things that people complain about but I'm looking at, but he does this, he does other things like that, and you never complain. You can to this, So you know, you've accepted that the sun should rise from the east and set in the west. Why have you accepted it? Why do you not wake up every morning? I say this is rubbish. The sun should be here. But he just accepted it. So what I'm trying to say is that you would always see the patterns of God. That when he he, he starts something from a smaller point of view, and that thing begins to grow, you you have why has you never seen any human being born matured? Because the patterns of God is always that you start small and you grow up. That has been his father. So, what I'm trying to say is that the desires of God has always been that he gathers gathers a prototype and he, he begins to expand that prototype till he covers the whole world. So you have, his desire for the world was Garden of Eden. So he created the Garden of Eden. And the intention was that Adam, Adam will begin to reproduce and they will fill the whole out. So you would see again that the desires of God, as always, when God sees that something is going wrong, is is um is, is the way he deals with it is that he starts something small that will later influence that issue. And turn it around. So, you would see that though, know, what I'm trying to say is that what God has said here, He has had it in His mind ever since. The same thing is what He told the people of Israel. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 to 7. So, 5 to 6. He said, Now, if you obey me fully and keep my commandments, then you, out of all nations. Now, God did not say, I don't have other people across. He said, You would be in my treasured possession. Uh, possession. Although, so he's saying, I am aware. Before you tell me that, I uh, what I am aware that I have the whole world to look after. But my pattern is not that I do not care about them. But I am. My desire is that I I create a a pattern by which it takes its natural course. I used to say to people that you know, the intention of God is not for you to live on miracles. His intention is that. Miracles are intervention in natural things. So when something is going wrong, it gives you an intervention. After that, he is expecting that you go back to that normal way of life. If not, that the people of Israel will still be eating manatee today. But when they got to a place where they could farm, God stopped that because his intention is that you begin to do things normally. So when God heals you from a particular sickness. His intention is that you go back and eat normal food and live healthy. Not that he say, ah, I know, it doesn't matter. I will eat anything. I will drink I don't even. Because that is not the pattern of God. The pattern of God is always, he created the world for a reason. If he did not need you to create the world, you know, why, why is it that since... Um, you see this, saw the miracle of, um, what's it called, of, of is it Stephen, uh, Philip, that the spirit of God carried him from one position to another? Why is that God has not been carrying everybody? Why have we not been working on, on the head? Jesus, when Jesus created, uh, made mouth, and um, uh, called money out of the mouth of the fish, did you see him do that again? No, because it is not natural. It's not natural. So when he's like, no, I don't need to walk, God is just going to be supplying me. You <laughs> are going to be there forever. He can intervene to, to, to correct nature back to where it ought to be. And that's what you call miracles. Certain things are going wrong. God intervenes and brings it back to normal. But his intention is not to keep intervening on that issue all the time. Does that make sense? So God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So you will see that. So he, he said that also about the people of Israel. He said, you are my own people. And my own, again, he said, I have called you out of every nation against the same pattern. And my hope is that you would, you would begin to spread your influence in such a way that all the nations will come to me. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And that, that comes to some particular things which I am trying to talk, which I'm trying to hope that we would get, we would get and understand, is that see there are some certain things that I feel that the devil has allowed. We may call it, it may be, it may sound right, but there are some ideologies that the devil has allowed to settle in the body of Christ in such a way that we have, we have, um, we have shifted the impact. See, one thing I've told, I told someone one day, I said, the problem is that people don't understand that when the devil does something now, his intention is not that that thing has an impact now. His intention is that you have at least one or two generations that will, that will, that will get away with it, not be hot. But the impact to the generations to come will be so huge. You have a place now where people worship idols that thing will work and protect the people that are in that generation. But the I the point is not that generation <laughs> that is the issue. It is people that will come after that. You know, that was someone that we were praying for. That's I was praying recently. And God was saying that, you know, the person was having problems abroad. All their family. But the issue was that they not, God to said, go and call your father. So then when they call their father, I said like, ah, yes. My father had, because, because children were dying, so my, fa- my father made a dedication to a river to protect all the children. And so that they would not be, I think there was war, whatever it was going, that was taking them away. So that river, so that demon, whatever it is in that place, made a protection and kept them. It was good. But the problem now is that every child that Tries to move further away from that place, it will draw them back. So what has started off as a place has now become a cause. So at times people think that see when a little shift that the devil does, it would allow you because see you, he's not at times he's also concerned about a, a particular generation. So an idea may be sold now, and people will go. You know, it's not bad. It's okay. You know, um, you know, we don't have to. Um, you, you don't. You you. Uh, maybe my issue of sexuality or whatever the case. It's okay. It's all right. you say that, that it's not the problem now. But the problem is that by the time you now see the impact in generations to come. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So so what I'm trying to say here is that as I go to um, to my next point is that is that. These ideas that we have that we have been, uh, you know, it has been made uh, can, as has shifted something in the body of Christ that we are beginning to see the impact now, but the impact will be will be huge in the future. So you would see a, a scripture Ephesians chapter four, please, thank you. He said, "So God, uh, so Christ gave himself." Gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip God's to, to equip His people. That means the people of God for the work of service, so that the body of Christ may be fully may be fully built. Now let me look at that same scripture again and put that in a cage. Okay, let's go to the next one, please. Okay? He said, he gave in Israel, gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers for the keeping of the saints for the work of ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. I said this before, who, when I tell people that, people, when people see me now, people will say, how is ministry? Which is not bad, but, but that is not the way the Bible puts it. It is you that is a ministry. Do you get of time, sir. Pastor is not the one in ministry. The Bible says the equip the saints for the work of ministry. What is the impact of when we think that it is only pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers that are in ministry? That gives you gives us a false sense that you exclude yourself from ministry. From the work of me. now i was talking to somebody i'm trying to say somebody was talking to me about something I, was trying, I said i said to that person i said this place that you're talking to me about would you expect to see me there but he said no i said Why? He, he said ah you're a pastor ah, no, i can pass upon that kind of place i said that is the problem The reason why you think I should not be there is because you think I am in ministry and you are not. So certain things are forbidden for me but allowed for you. Does that make sense? So the, the thing that we are not conscious of that we are propounding is that we are letting people be aware that certain people are in ministry, but you, you are free. That kind of mentality would make somebody, when the person used to, for example, person used to sweep the church, or like at times, I sweep the church. So, the day I become another pastor takes over takes over child or calls on that pastor and I come I begin to come to church at another time where's the wedding I approach you, do you know what I was in? ah, why you why you expect me to do something am I your pastor? because that job, I have, the reason why he's doing it is because he's a pastor a the problem with that statement is that The day you stop being a pastor, you will stop doing it. I've seen people that they are talking to about sin. And they say, Ah, am I I the pastor? Ah, Please, let me enjoy my own life. I'm not the pastor again. So what they are saying is that I am doing certain things because I am in ministry. Now that I am not in ministry, I am okay to do whatever I want to do. What has brought the body of Christ to that teaching is the ideology that ministry is those that are alone is restricted to pastor, prophet and evangelist. Whereas the scripture is saying every child of God as long as you are a priest you are called into ministry. Does that make sense? Sorry if I you know the, these are parts that most of the time, you know, it's like when I see so many things, it's it is huge in my heart because you know someone say, ah, yeah, yeah, he's free to do that now, he's not a pastor. Ah, Shabi you has said that he's not, it's, it's not the pastor of the church. So why can you not, for example, go out drink, get get drunk after all, he's not the pastor. So I was saying to that person, I said, the reason why you think you this person was, there was a vision that you saw, going, clubbing, doing all those kind of things, and things like that, you know, and I was talking to that person, I said, no, it's a, in, in this country, I was talking to that person, Wonderful. I said, I said, I said, when if you see me in that place, you go, ah, pastor, you should not be doing this kind of thing. I said, as honorable as you think that sounds, it is actually against the values of scripture. Does God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ? You know when we say that uh, um, certain things, uh, oh man, oh man, uh, certain things is okay. Uh, Should the pastor, pastor will be okay. He's the pastor. It is good, you know, and I appreciate that. But what we are missing out is that everyone is called to do the work of ministry. Why? Because we are all priests. We are all priests. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we as we go on, you know the the Bible says. So as we go on, you know, we 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 begin to look at this even more closely than before. So I think we are what I that we are all called to do the work of ministry. Now, as I try to address another issue, generally in the body of Christ, is that people are of the opinion that the first milestone of a priest's or work of ministry is God, what have you called me to do? And that is not an issue. That is never the first point of call of priesthood. That is never the first point of call of priesthood. But if we are not careful, we would think the first place that God is interested in when he says you are a priest to be called of uh, the work of ministry, people begin to say, "Oh God, ah, I need to do this, I need to do that." And God is, I find looking at you know he, 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 that is that is even minority. It is it is it is almost next to irrelevant. It is it is relevant. Please don't get me wrong. But what I'm trying to say, it is not the see there, why why God will see you as irrelevant because if the first step is right, the rest it will naturally fall in place. So, let's just look at as I just look at. Let's look at the the first Corinthians. The Bible says, now, the Bible says that all these work for one and the same spirit, it distributes them to each one just as it determines. Please note the word As he determines. So that means that you don't determine where he puts you. I do not determine where he puts me. He said just as the body, just as the body, though one has many parts, but in all its parts, from one body, so it is with Christ. So is it with Christ. The Bible goes further, and the Bible says, but now as uh, sorry, um, yeah, you he, he said, but now as things really 4 um, Corinthians 12 verse 18 said, but now as things really are, God has placed and arranged the part of the body each one of them just as he willed and saw its fit.'" And the Bible says, with balance of function. So that means that when God is arranging gifts, or when God is arranging people to do his work, he is conscious of balance. What that also means is that, ah. How many of us has, um being a team lead, that you are doing stuff, staffing. staffing. team that you are doing stuffing. Staff. Um, so I just want to try something. Do you, way, you, uh, you, your, your owner is still very, uh, I want to mama to I want to share care, I want to share You tell what you mean Now, Ma, sorry if I'm, I'm not I'm not putting you on the spot today. You grew into that field, into that level. Your view changed when you were a manager versus when you are a staff. Because as far as you were a staff, what you are saying is, I need Wednesday off. You said, yeah, I, I don't care. I know my saying, you know, when you now say no, you cannot have Wednesday off. They will go beat their contracts. Say no, my contract says now. But you are saying I can only give. But I'm not saying you are. like, I was like that, I, I'm, but I'm not saying you are like that. You are more. <laughs> you are more <most, laughs> Christian than I am. But what I'm saying is that when you became single and you are doing stuffy you will begin to see them and say, ah, this is how I was behaving. Does that make sense? So, when God is placing people in places, his own intention is how do they balance? His first desire is not whether you like the job or not. The reason why you are saying, ah, no, I should not be doing this. I know my value is because you are still at the level of um, you know, you are still a staff. As far as they are concerned, just do your job, whatever they you know. Ah, oh God. the post office, people will carry bags to go and deliver me. When it's 12 o'clock and they walk up, they don't care. On the short day, they, they will come and dump. So I shouldn't be saying this for those who have not received their makeup, God bless. You. <laughs> <laughs> they will come and drop it at the office. They don't care how you get delivered or whatever it is. When you are still a general staff, you be like, "I, well, I don't care. You know, let, them, let them sort it out." But when you are now manager, the more the people that are dropping bags, the more you are saying, "Ah." And one thing they try to do, because of the upcoming regulations, that every first, at least every first class has to be delivered on that day. So, if you're a manager, you will work till six, seven, delivering letters because all first class has to go. All those staff, they are at home. If you not leave some for them, they will not come back the next day. They will charge you double. Say, okay, if you want me to take that bag out, give me three hours. Ah, for this, if you, have paper, when you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> to them, they are, they are, they are, is, is life. The bank that will cost them 10 minutes to deliver, they will tell you I want three hours of it. But you have no choice. You have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference in he said God, when God is placing gifts, is not in your, your priority, is not his priority. His priority is not that you know how to do this. His priority is, I. This is where I need you to be. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ, and I'll give us a couple of examples as we as we go on. Now, the Bible says that. Now, at times. The challenge is that people are focused on the ministries that are visible. So holding the mic to preach is visible. But as far as scripture is concerned, the invisible ones are more important than the visible ones. So when Paul was describing it, Paul said, "On the contrary, the body parts that seem weaker are indispensable." Have you ever seen a blind man walking and living his life? Yes. Have you ever seen anybody that doesn't have blood veins? <laughs> Our blood veins are walking around. No. That means you can walk without eyes, but you cannot live without veins. That's why he's saying the weaker parts the one that is not visible are more important in God's work than what you see. So he now say that they are indispensable the parts we think are less honorable are the we treat with special honor. The parts, see, if God forbid, if anybody has an accident, they can say, let's cut off this leg." Because they know that it's good to have legs, but well, it's not important. But they cannot say, "Let us cut off his heart." He doesn't need heart again. So the Bible says, that, and that's what Paul was trying to let people know that what actually matters most, the, where the strength is, are these offices that are not visible. So the Bible it says, it said, they have, it said, he said, he said, these parts." Are all are, 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 are presentable and are treated with special modesty. So, what Paul was trying to educate the body of Christ is that the, the powerhouse of any ministry is the, is the ministries that are not visible. And as far as God is concerned, those ministries are stronger. But the challenge God is having that's why Paul was addressing it. That's it been ever since. Nobody wants to do the invisible job. Everybody wants to be seen and say, you know, ah, huh? this is what I am doing. I don't say that's what you would do, but it's just scriptures. God grants us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, let's take coming, I'm just, you know, our introduction is just to let us know that we all, a quote Ephesians, are called to do the work of ministry. Now, at times we do not if I ask you, if we ask you about what do you think is the calling of David? most people will say is a musician. He sings. But do you know that when David or plays harps, when David set up the temple, he did not join the harps. What I'm saying, what you think you know how to do might not be God wants you to do within that area. David was in, see, you can win Grammy And in the house of God, God is not interested in you singing. And now, let me now classify for you where the Bible classifies David. I'll show you where the Bible classifies David. Because you will see that the Bible did not even call his calling, uh, what's it called? King or singer. Acts chapter. Let's go to Acts page. He said, "Fellow Israelites, I tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried in the tomb, but he was a prophet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, Ah God. Can you imagine? Say, no, no. I, I know. <laughs> I know who I am." I'd be like, ah, sir, <laughs> your function, the place where you are needed, may not necessarily see, there is a place of gifts. And there's a place, see, you can have, you can be a prophet, and what God has called you to do is a singer. But when you begin to sing, that thing will begin to manifest. That is why when you read when David writes, David talks prophetically in his, in his psalms. But you never see David being working you know, ministry in the temple and say, you know, ah, I'm a prophet. Yet, what God has called him to be is the king. To be able to understand this word, you must first of all get to a point where you know God places people as he fits and is more interested in balance than you. Let's see another person in scripture. Most people would rightfully, don't get me wrong, classify Daniel as a prophet. But Daniel in his days would never classify himself as a prophet. Because there was a prophet existing in the days of Daniel. Who was the prophet? Jeremiah was alive. Daniel and Jeremiah were alive together. That's why when you read Daniel chapter 10 or 9, he was reading the books of Jeremiah, what Jeremiah had written. So, as far as Daniel was concerned, the prophet at, at that time was Jeremiah. But why do we classify him as a prophet? Please, all I'm saying is that I am not, if I, if, if God says, come and be sweeping," and you have seen revelation that you're a pastor, yes. that does not mean. At times, the challenge at times is that you see, I see myself as a pastor but I, a vision of who a pastor is, and I've looked at the curriculum of the body of Christ, say, ah, this is what they call them now. But what that will do, it will restrict you from fulfilling what God has got to do. Another example is Abraham. It wasn't people it was God himself that said the Bible, Genesis chapter 20, he said, the, the Bible says that he said, he said, now return the man's wife, this is God speaking, for he is a prophet. Why I am saying this is that so that I want you to know that no matter what your gift is or what you perceive your your you know maybe maybe you, you think you're a pastor you think you're an evangelist. The setting God may call you to walk in, maybe totally different, maybe totally different. And God doesn't have to have because see, there is the place of training. Definitely, the scripture talks about it. However, it's also important to know that God can call you into an office that, or not, in, so into a responsibility that you naturally think you don't have any kind of thinking about. You don't have any thoughts on it. An example, Elijah. Elijah was called into the office, into the, into the prophet team. Elijah was a businessman. When somebody calls and says, Ah, you see that prophet Elijah that is going about, you are going to be a successful. Player. How? How is that possible? Because I have been I, I I believe that to become that statue of prophet, they must be seen from your from childhood. I'm not saying it does not happen. Jeremiah was one. When Bible says from your mother's womb, but aside from Jeremiah, how many other people do you see from their backs that they were? In fact, there were people available. Let's look at um, First Kings, please. Just, just First Kings. Bible says also I know Jehu the son of Enishin, the king over Israel, and anoint Elisha. Not to succeed you. Know, As a priest. Now, this is where I'm going. He said, Yet, verse 13, yet I have reserved 7,000. So that means there were already 7,000 available. And God went to pick a man (laughs) that had no experience. He was not even aware that he had anything called prophetic, he was doing business. And trying to get us to a point that priesthood is the, the, the first... So what, what I'm trying to say is that, like, like I said earlier, the first priority of God is never what have I called you to do. That's what the first priority Because the first priority of priesthood is first consecration. the false priority in the heart of God for priesthood is consecration. After then, if you are properly consecrated, there are certain things that you would have said, you just do this. This is what I want you to do for the next five years. And you will do it without that, with that issue. So, because why is consecration important than what you do than the activities. Jesus made a, a, a very profound statement. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 15, Jesus said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you travel land and sea to win one soul. He said, and when you are succeeded in winning them, you make them twice the child of hell. What does it mean, twice the child of hell? At times, there are some people that God prefers them not to be in church because they are so easy to meet. There are some people who enter certain places because they would think they are okay. So it is more difficult to get across them. Because as far as they are concerned, they are okay. So, Paul, so Jesus was saying, No, the problem is that you bring them, and there's a kind of teaching that they get so comfortable, they think, Ah, uh-uh, so the problem is, no matter what you say, they will always give you another 10, 10 words back. <coughs> Let's look closely at this scripture. See, there are certain things that I hear. A, 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 um, a comedian was. Lamenting on Sunday in Nigeria. And it was okay, but I felt that there was still a bit more. He was saying that he went, he followed his friend, his uncle, somebody sent him to a church. And so the time of Samuel started. And the pastor picked up the mic and said, Can I prophesy? That was beginning. Can I prophesy? He said, Prophesy. <laughs> there, are, there are so many. You know, uh, Man, not a club, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <they> <laughs> So he said, There is one woman here. He called that woman. Apparently, he told her, He said, Your husband is called and he the name of her husband and said that you know, your husband has a side cheek. Okay. I said, Yes, she does I mentioned it, the person's name. And he said, what do you want to do? Do you want us to kill her? Or do you want uh-huh. us to do this? I think uh-huh. yeah. And um, you know, he said, they should bring a, 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 a pure water. And he prayed into it and told her to go to the, to the um, outside and smash the pure water. That she gets a call within an hour that that woman is dead. And so she did it. Within an hour, she got a call, wow. and the whole church said, Hey, power! Now, he now said, It could even be, it was all um, fake. The issue is that for, he, for him to think that is sellable within the body of Christ—that is—it is not that it is fake that is the issue. The issue is that we are now at a level that somebody can perform such a thing in a church and think it will sell. That is a more—that is a more—that is more the danger than what he has said. But the problem is that certain people are going to be very difficult to reach because as far as they are concerned answers are happening. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, please, when Jesus calls them hypocrites, I hope you understand that he's not saying that they are deceiving uh, they are doing something in front of people that is de- deceptive. For me to be an hypocrite, that means you think I am actually right. Do you get what I'm trying to say? If I'm an hypocrite about something, I will not do something in front of you. So what I'm trying to say is that this mental it wasn't the issue that Jesus was talking about was not that they were not performing miracles or they were not doing certain things. But Jesus was saying that your there is a pattern in your life that even after you gather all these people they are all going to end up in hell. In that said, they would be twice as much as a child of hell as you are. So that means that you are also an equation. You are also a, a variable in that equation of where they end up. Does this make sense to us? So at times there are certain places that you just is better. Ah no, I do not shut down there. Ah (laughs) package you science that delivered, going straight to them. God help us. See, this thing at times when I see certain things, it breaks my heart because you know the problem that when you're talking to people you say, ah, okay, are you not saying that this God did not do for me. I See, here, God did not say that they're using evil spirits. Jesus, that's why when you see people who come to Jesus and say, We casted out demons in your name, Jesus never said, You don't do it in my name. Because that is not the first issue of priesthood. The first issue of priesthood is not what you are doing, that is minority. The first issue here was who they are. Was who they are, and that's why I said that you know, in 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 the fold, when things were still very, um, you know, when 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 God, certain things that somebody would do, in my in my prophesying tomorrow, you say shut up, sit down. It is not that you say to somebody to see, tomato your collar ah, you know, and people say ah, but authentic, you know. Because the fathers knew that it may be authentic. It may be the spirit of God. But you are being packaged for him. So in this kind of game, it's not a question of is God moving or not. That is not what we are talking about. So the so when you see then that, you know, all you need to do is just see a but a, 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 somebody who's prophetic, that has very strong, that everybody identifies to. And if the leadership says, you keep quiet. Okay. Everybody will say, eh? Ah! No. Things are. understand. <laughs> and that is where we are. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was saying that. The issue is not first what you are doing, because you are gathering people. But the issue is where you end up. Because there is a way, something will can flow out of you as a minister to people. It is not all the time, please, because people can be. Whatever it is that they are, but when you if, if but if you see, please again let me state it. It doesn't mean that the the, the servant of God in that place has an issue. Jesus did not have an issue; he had Judas. But by adventure, if a pastor is, as an example, fornicating, you will see it in the church it would flow. It's an anointing. Mm-hmm. 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 The Bible says that it has called some pastors prophet for a QP of the saints. So that means that if you are given these offices, you have the ability to equip. It's not only really what you say that you equip it with. What's you equip them with the spirits that you carry. That's why there are certain things, as a servant of God, you cannot allow. Mm. Before you know it, uh, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to tell them that you are fornicating. You will begin to see the results of yeah. the judgment. Yeah. Please, I'm not saying it's every pastor that has issues within his body of Christ, but what I'm saying is that as a priest, it is one thing that you need to first of all check yourself. If something breaks out in the church, the first thing the pastor does is to check himself. That was not, I'm not saying people should check him. He should come to God and say, where did this come from? If it's not for me, then God will say, this is where it came from. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so the Bible says that, the uh, 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 Bible so having said, said that and we get, to this point, of the major issue first is 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 the purification of or the the, the consecration of the um, of the priest. In those days, when a priest is not properly consecrated, in scriptures, you can be a priest. That means that God has called you. You are a child of God. You are a priest, but you are not usable. So you see. Um, um, numbers, sorry, Nehemiah um, chapter thirteen. Rabbi says one of the sons of Joad, um, the son of anybody, uh, the high priest, was the son-in-law of. He said, and I drove him away. Remember them, oh my God, because they defiled the priesthood office. He said, and the covenants of the priesthood are delivered. So I purified the priests and the, the Levites and every and, and of every foreign and assigned them duties. Please note that consecration comes first before assignment. Consecration comes first before assignment. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let us get to some practical things around consecration. Let's get to the of around consecration and we'll close in prayer. As we begin to look at each milestone in ministry. So we... Let's go to Romans chapter six. Now, the Bible says in chapter, yeah, Bible says that before, we okay, what, what this is all saying is this, is that because Christ died to sin, my job now is to consider myself in that same pattern that I am dead to sin. The first, let's go to Barcelona, please. He said, even so, consider yourself dead to sin. Your relationship is broken, and you are made alive with God. Now, the first issue that we deal with in consecration is for, first of all, for you to accept the fact that you are separated from him. The problem is that if you don't accept that, you forever struggle. I am not saying, please note, I am not saying do you sin or do you not sin? That's not the issue here. That's not the first issue. The first issue is that do you consider yourself as saying that because Christ died to sin, and died once and resurrected, so I your the I am broken. My relationship with sin is broken. If that is not your first, if that is not settled in your mind, consecration is going to be about you. Because you always say that ah, and you're not you know. I am not saying that you are not human. In fact, that's why we will get there. But before we get to that level, Paul started by introducing. That you must first of all settle it in your mind that I am broken from sin. So he now went further. After that truth is settled with you, he now went to verse 14. So it's verse 14. He said, for since sin no longer is, is will no longer be a master over you. Since you are not under the law as slaves, but on merited grace as recipients of favor from uh, from God, he said, What then are we to conclude? Shall sin, shall we sin because we are under the law? But under God's grace, certainly not. Let's just go on grace. Now, this is where I'm going. Please note the pattern is coming through. He said, But we know. That means that this is something that you need to understand. He said, We know that when you continually offer yourself to someone to do his will, you are a slave of whom you obey. Either slave to sin, which leads to death, or slave to or, or, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. Please, not the word continually. The Bible calls us that we shall, those who trust in God, they shall, they shall, they shall, so, um, so like shall soar like eagles. Please, do you know how eagles soar? Has anybody thought about how eagles, if an eagle is here now, and he wants to soar? You saw you oh, <laughs> I'm <Right. laughs> to take my English mm-hmm. Ice because <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, ice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, how do they soar? Have you ever talked about how they do soar? They no, flap yeah. their wings, they continually flap their wings, and they generate as much energy and the soar. So that means that if I continually do something, a force will be able to carry me and I will, I will be able to slide or, or, or glide. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that the Bible says when you continually do something, before you know it, either good or bad, a force. Would back you up. I discover that what you were doing before, that you were naturally starting it, you will now become what people will call addiction. And you will now, you will now, you are already gliding. So it depends on where you're gliding to. So one point, what the Bible is saying is that when you constantly offer yourself to something, so you are practicing it. The Bible talks about talks about people who practice righteousness. So that means that I am making efforts. assuming I lie, I am making effort on a daily basis that when I am in a position that I find it difficult and I want to tell a lie, I try my best to come out with the truth. I am continually trying to practice it. It will get to a point that the Spirit of God will back you up and you discover that when issues happen, you will not be able to, that's why it's not coming. Because you have, you have started <coughs> continually doing it. If somebody continually, um, I don't know, whatever it is, like I said, lies, it will get to a point that mm-hmm. there is no reason mm-hmm. no. You just lie. you just lie. <laughs> We saw our father in the Lord, Trump. He, no, 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 no. This thing, no, this you know. about somebody lies, and you're going like, why? You <laughs> it. It just comes, becomes a river. And there are people like that. It just comes. It's not. It's not. They can't control it. That's just it. It just. It just comes out. And so also, when somebody continually offers themselves, maybe to adoption, whatever it is, you will be in control at the first degree. Later, you just yeah. Yeah. because I'm going to say something just before I come back to that. There is a law in the things of the spirit. It is called consistency. As I've shared it here once. Make up your mind to start praying that thing, Lord every single day. Mm-hmm. The first day you will sleep, mm-hmm. the second day you wake up, mm-hmm. you do this, you do that, and things are like that. Give it a month. Yeah. You discover yeah. that, yeah. you get to a point that something will be waking you up. Yeah. Because in the laws of the spirit, consistency is power. Is power. When you begin to, get, hopefully nobody will, uh, we trust that nobody would even online will even try it, but Carry something in your house and begin to pour oil or bow down to that day. Continue. For a period of time, something will invoke it. Why? Because consistency to humans is sacrifice. You know, to be consistent on something. New year, new resolution, I go to, I do seven miles a day. This like that. By February, yeah. because consistency is a sacrifice in the human realm. In the human realm, so as as spirits are concerned, where consistency is in a place, that's why the Bible will say, Pray without season because so. So also, when a man offers himself to something, say, I oh, know, see me, I don't, it's not about I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have issues with spirits, I'm just doing what I feel. Just keep doing it. Gradually you will discover that they will help you in that journey, and you will just be flying in. So, the Bible was saying that when you are first of all accepted, that I've broken away from sin. Then my job now is to not continually. Why the Bible call it continue? Because you will, you will make mistakes. You would fall. But because you have already, your you, your mind already said that I am departed from this day. So I pick myself up again, and I continue in that journey. One day will happen when I will just, be, I would. It will just be easy. It will be like, ah, uh, I thought you were, In fact, they will bring it close to you. You will like. No, I'm not interested. I know that you're fighting it. It's because consistency has come to a point where you receive help from above. Please know the Bible says here that you continually offer yourself. That means that you are in control. That is extremely important. The second aspect of offering is this. The second aspect of this is that you... Okay, let me give you an example of Jesus. Jesus was hungry. He had a choice either to offer himself to food or to the Word of God. So when situations will come, you will have a decision either to offer yourself to God or to become an instrument. So... Jesus was hungry. The devil said, "Turn this stone to bread." But he said, "I'll rather not do that." So that means that when, but again, do you know one thing? I'll just advise as we come to a, a, a point on this is that each morning I'll say, "God, I am offering." Some of us it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is maybe my heart. God, I am offering my heart again to you. You might make mistakes, but take that heart and give it back to God. Say, God, ah, I messed up Ah, I should, I offer it to you again. He will accept it because he knows you are making that job. But you should have that. See, there was something that was was happened during the week. I had to call myself to, I was like, I was waking up the wheel and say, ah, are you? I, I hope you have not offered yourself. To be, you are not lending help to this. You need to call yourself back and said, I have to keep examining my thoughts and myself. Say, so, am I sure that I'm not moving? Because see, continually offering yourself is a conscious effort that you do. That's why the Bible did not say God will offer you. He said, you offer yourself. That means you deliberately make, up, make, make that choice. So that when you make the mistake, you will know. So you quickly bring yourself back and say, Bio, oh yeah, you make, it's not a problem. It is a continuous process. Until you get to that point. That's why when we go further to um, um, uh, John chapter 1, John chapter 3, the Bible says, those who practice sin. Separ- uh, separating himself from God and of of, uh, of, of of offending him by the works of uh, disobedience, indifference no. and rebellion. Indifference. It doesn't bother me. Somebody said that you didn't my conscience is okay with me, I don't feel anything. So the Bible says that the Bible says that the devil takes, he, he said, he said is of the devil, and takes his inner character and moral value from him, not God. Please, what I'm, what I'm that, he who practices sin, the other person will say, he who sins. That's why I use the Amplified, for you to understand that what it's actually saying there is it's not that like once you sin now, you, are, you belong to the devil. The Bible says, when, you, when it becomes a practice, you are deliberately, continually offering yourself to that thing. God help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will hand it uh, this way, like we spoke about. It's our priesthood. Is is God's war? Wo- Everybody. Is called to this. Everybody is called to the work of mercy. Wherever God has called you. But the first priority, as far as heaven is concerned, is consecration. That's the way we read. Um, um, okay, Second Timothy chapter 2. Sorry, I'm just going to skip a couple of scriptures here. Don't worry, we'll just read that. The Bible says, Nevertheless, God's foundation stands firm. With this inscription, that means there is a, an inscription that this what's an inscription? An inscription is something that will probably describe what this thing is. So the Bible says that foundation of God, what do you Christa Christopher, now that foundation, the Bible says that the Lord knows those who are His. That means everybody, if you believe in God, you are. If you believe, give your life to Christ. You are a priest. But or uh, and everyone that God knows, so that means that God knows you. But there is a responsibility on your own side. The Bible says, "Should come conf- and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness." On that transition, we say sin or iniquity. So the Bible is saying the foundation of any ministry you want to build is understanding how to turn from sin. So that means that if I build a skyrocketing ministry and the foundation is not clear on these words, it is coming down. Because at times people call the foundation so many things. But the Bible clearly says what the foundation is. It is knowing how to consecrate yourself continually. Knowing how to consecrate yourself—it's not false Knowing how to how to do something this—it is knowing how to consecrate yourself. That's why I use Elisha as an example. He was a businessman. When God called him, he was just—you know—the um, the prophet that you know one of the prophets in. In in Hindu or blessing, was even I think he later became the head of Aluri. He was a Catholic. He was a Catholic. He didn't even understand. Or if he was, he was Catholic, and yet when God called him, he was he was it, it, it because it is it doesn't follow the pattern all the time. He doesn't follow the pattern. There were seven thousand. But God said, "No, there is one. There is a businessman. Ah, let us. Ah, but this there, there, are there are seven thousand No, no, no. I don't work that way. I determine where I place you. And when I place you there, I would have, I would give you whatever it is. God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We are all called to ministry, but some consecration is key." Consecration is key. You know, um, uh, priesthood working with God and for God is, as I have scripture put so Maybe, when we go to the next milestone, so to understand that it is it is mercy that God has called you to offer. It is mercy. <laughs> you know, when God was here to say, he said, you know, I uh, have, he said, he said, I have, he, said, he said, if if you did not work for me, you won't live long. What he is that <laughs> you being giving you privilege to serve me and work for me is because you have an issue in right? your life. Some people will say that, ah, I am going to that, I'm going to go and help God. Help who? <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm telling you, for me, it is messy. I understand that what I'm doing now is mercy. I if I understand by mercy, you know, <laughs> it's not like it's not, it's not, my life is... I, I, I understand, you may not understand, you may think that ah, this guy is privileged, but I know what I'm doing now is messy. If you want to know that it is not... <laughs> when I was young, you cannot all sit down like this. When I'm, when I'm talking, my sister is here. Our TV in the house got broke because I'm trying to speak. You know? By the time I'm trying to make my statement, now I will have given you two or three slaps, I'm trying to say, hey, eh. that thing is like that. <coughs> and this is me now, preaching. If somebody saw me, they say, ah, this one cannot preach. This one that cannot even say a statement. No, I said very much about you. Ah, then we had a TV. We had again. We had this. Um, that was this glass Chef, you know. Yeah, yeah, good. No, 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 no. See, he got point. I remember when they standing. We are talking. Because, you know, they need to give me free environment to talk. So you can see that we are all privileged for me to be able to stand close to you and talk. So you may not understand that, but I know it is mercy that has given me grace to speak. God grant us mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us pray.